0: All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nick's? What's happening? I'm Mark Maron. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. How's it going? Today's a, an exciting show. It's another a comedian doubleheader. Both of these guys have been on before. Um, they're back because I like talking to both of them. Louis Katz is a comedian who is working with me uh, pretty regularly right before the launch of WTF in 2009. He's been on the show several times since then, including a full length episode in 2019 and a live episode back in 2010. And he's releasing a new comedy special on his YouTube channel tonight. Tonight, Louis Katz is releasing a special. I think he's a very funny guy. I think you'll enjoy it. And the other guy who's on today is Doug Stanhope. And Doug has been coming on since the very beginning. Episode 22. Episode 204. Episode 712. Now, he's got a movie coming out called uh, The Road Dog. Capturing the life of a mid-level road comic. A, A journeyman. A comedy troubadour out there living the life And I think they got a lot of things right. It was nice uh, talking to Doug and Louie. And you'll get to enjoy that shortly. I will be in Boston at the TD Garden for Comics Come Home on Saturday, November 4th. Denver, Colorado. I'll be at the Comedy Works South for four shows, November 17th and 18th. And Los Angeles. I'm at Dynasty Typewriter on December 1st, 13th, 28th. I'm at the Elysian on December 6th. Fifth, 22nd and largo again on december 12th and january 9th you can go to wtfpod.com slash tour for tickets that's a lot of comedy i'm doing i did some comedy last night and i was like i can't get too polished i gotta keep it rough gotta figure out how to there's some bits i need to get tight but man that's a lot of comedy but it's what i do man it's who i am man so look The other day I was talking to you about um, about the Bellingham show and about seeing that family of kids. And um, I've got some emails and, you know, and look, you know, I've rethought it a little bit again. I don't know if obviously it's up to a parent unless it's absolutely no children allowed kind of thing. But I would have been pretty excited probably to, to see me if I were a young me. I like seeing grown-up stuff. So, I, you know, it, there's wiggle room around it in terms of age. But I got some emails. Hey, Mark, my wife and I have seen you live in Portland, Oregon, multiple times. We've seen all your specials. We have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. We talk to our kids a lot about feelings, emotions, and how to express them and process them in a healthy way. Uh, no, we're not therapists. I think it's good for kids to see adults talk openly about their feelings, especially the ones that are hard to talk about. You do that a lot and you come from a genuine place. You talk about real feelings, real experiences, your real struggles in processing them, and you manage to make it hilarious. Some comics use their struggles as sort of a prop in their comedy or a means to an end. I, uh, and he quotes, quote, I used to be an alcoholic, Here's some funny stuff that happened. I wouldn't want my nine to 12 year old seeing that. It's fine. It can be funny, but it's flippant. You talk about serious shit and make it hilarious without downplaying the struggle or the depth of the emotion. Very few comics can do that. You, Bamford Chappelle, Roy Wood Jr., Tom Linson. Don't worry, I won't be bringing our kids to your shows anytime soon, even if they were older, because I wouldn't want to cause you stress, but you can understand why parents would make that choice. Thank you for everything, Mark Matthew. All right. Well, I get that, but still, you, you know... there's still I guess there's something because I don't have kids. Here's another one from another Matt. You have values, you're principled, and kids can handle it. Thanks for all your work. Yeah, but okay. Let's see what this one says. Almost 20 years ago I brought my 13-year-old to Caroline's. It was called the New York Comedy Festival. And John Heffron was performing and we had come from New Hampshire to a family gathering. We'd watched Last Comic Standing, and I knew he was a clean comic. They warned us at the door, but we went in anyways. Russman Eve opened. <laughs> he was really dirty. Then Marina Franklin came on and she kept yelling cock. I felt so embarrassed. My son laughed, but I still felt guilty. I will be at Comics Come Home with my other son who is an adult. Looking forward to it. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Maggie. There's another one. Dear Mr. Marin, my wife and I brought our 13-year-old twin sons to the Bellingham show. We had a great time. Thank you. With the exceptions of porn and extreme representations of violence, my wife and I decided to let our sons watch R-rated material when they turn 10, especially comedy. Laughter is very important. As they're watching, they ask us questions. The material generates a dialogue. And when they go out in the world and hear crazy, misinformed stuff from their peers, our sons are prepared to process it. Most importantly they're prepared and comfortable to come talk to us. Maybe we're wrong, but I want to be the one explaining life's sick ironies to my sons. Parenting is a mind-boggling tapestry of mistakes, but we've found love, structure, honesty, and making sure no one goes to bed angry has been serving our family well. That being said, nine years old might be a little young. You handled it well. Thanks so much and take care. Eric, Andrea, John, and Charles. Uh, Okay. The other thing I've been realizing... And I've told this story before. And I just, I recently talked about it again because I realized that, you know, there's this idea, and I think I might have mentioned it before, that, you know, kids can only understand what they understand. If they have no context for something or they, you know, have no idea what you're really talking about, they it, they they just don't understand it. And, and that's the end of it. And I think that's probably true. And I think that I, you know, I should... Uh, kind of uh, recalibrate how I consider children at my shows. Look, I don't want them sitting up front because it, it, do- it is going to make me self-conscious because I'm a dirty, uh, talking old man. And some of the ideas that I talk about are, are, are you know, they're mostly uh, whether it's, uh, you know, psychological or, you know, sexual. It's just, it's a lot. But I get what they're saying and I also get my understanding. I get that they think that it's okay to provoke conversation and explain. Um, and, and I also think that kids only understand what they understand. Because I thought about it again when I was very young. I mean, I don't even know, 10 or 11 probably. My grandparents were visiting our family in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I guess my mother and father wanted a day off from the kids and told my grandparents to take us to the movies. And they took us to see Deliverance, not knowing what Deliverance Was. Now, obviously, it's uh, sexually violent. It's violent, violent. Some gnarly stuff in there. A man gets raped by, I, I don't, hill people. Now, I knew that. And I remember when I told this story, I remembered deliverance from when I was a kid. And I saw it again later in life, not too long ago. And I was able to sort of isolate what my child mind did not remember. And it's kind of interesting. And I think provocative that, look, when Ned Beatty's character gets raped, when I was a kid, I just remember squeal like a pig. I remember him, you know, being man, you know, kind of pushed around in the mud in his underpants. But that was really all I remembered. And when I watched as an adult, I was surprised at how graphic that violent rape was of that man, that character. Like it, it lingers on it. It's clear what's happening and uh, it's profoundly disturbing, but my child brain had no context for what was going on there. Like I remember the, the, the guy in his underwear, Uh, being bullied and being made to squeal like a pig. I don't remember that guy raping him, which they clearly show. Now, oddly, what did scar my mind from when I was a child, and as an adult, it does not have the same effect on me, was two things. When Burt Reynolds shoots an arrow into that guy while he's raping the Ned Beatty character, and, it, you know, he, and it goes right through him and it sticks. The arrow comes right to his heart and sticks out of his chest as the guy dies. I remember the expression on his face. I remember that arrow sticking out of his heart and that stayed that burned in. That was horrific. I also remember Burt Reynolds on the boat after they capsized and, and he smashed his leg and there was just like a flank of meat hanging out of his ripped wetsuit and a bone sticking out. I remember that more than anything. Just this piece of of leg that was supposed to be on the inside, on the outside. Just, it looks, as an adult, it looks like a big hunk of meat. But as a kid, I'm like, oh my God, just his whole leg is sticking out and its it's muscles, it was horrific. And I remember that. And I remember them finding the body of the guy that uh, fell off and drowned, all tangled up. In the, in, the, in the driftwood or whatever. So, oddly, without uh, any context, the sexual violence did not really register in my childhood brain. But the violence violence not only registered, terrified me and stayed there, stayed there. So that's interesting. I guess that ultimately... You know, until you're sexually awake or informed or experienced or of age to understand it, uh, it's not really going to land. But, you know, violence is something we know from the moment we're conscious in a way. Sadly. I don't know what that all means. I'm obviously not um, going to be violently raping any men on stage or, or, or committing acts of violence. And uh, maybe I should just relax uh, about, you know, occasionally having a teenager at my show or, or someone a little younger and just rest on the idea that like, well, they're not going to know what I'm talking about. Right. Okay. So Louis Katz, love this guy. He asked me to do like a lead in for a special where I guess I set the tone, which was to be kind of uh, dismissive and sarcastic about Louis's career in stand-up. But, uh, but I was happy to have him on, and the special's funny, and I love talking to him. That special, Louis Katz Present Tense, premieres tonight, October 19th, on his YouTube channel. Go subscribe to his channel, Louis Katz Comedy. So this is me and uh, my old pal, Louis Katz you know we have the same birthday september happy birthday thanks
1: same to you how much how how old 44
0: you just turned 44
1: yeah 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 Hmm. you me little wayne and mitsky all september 27th kerry
0: brownstein oh wow really Yep. that's pretty cool uh yeah jerry stalls the day after awesome yeah it's it's around the zone i just found out mark rothko Uh, The great depressive abstract Uh painter was like the 25th, the same week. I'm only going on day of, man. No, I know. I I just, (laughs) that came up this morning. So when were we talking about final engagement? Was that, you know, outside of the show? I don't know. We've definitely talked about it, but I can't remember if it was on the show when you told me that it was like a lifesaver for you. My my, my special. Oh, I thought or my, it was great. My CD.
1: I love that thing. I wish. I mean, the seeing it live was also, dude, man. I've just never seen someone that vulnerable on stage. I don't think even since then. It was like, <laughs> I loved seeing you in that. I mean, this Angry. is this, is, this is, It's also like this is me and being my my hipster. You should. have, You were there. I was there before everyone else. Yeah. But you and Stanhope. Yeah. When you weren't big draws. Yeah. Was the best <laughs> because like you when you're going through the divorce. <laughs> (laughs) It's you on a stool. Yeah, uh, like all, every second seems like you're gonna cry. Yeah. It's half full. These people don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. I was like, "What is this? Yeah. Yeah, it?" It was, was incredible.
0: Those were the days. Yeah. And now, right.
1: now they're all your fans and stuff. It's not the same.
0: <laughs> well, the, well, it's it's it, it's hard to get randos, you know, is yeah. what it is. I mean, it's hard to get like random people just coming in. Uh, to, it's it's easier at a comedy club, but certainly in theaters or where, where, yeah. But like, I'll do comedy clubs. I had a I had upset a bridal party uh, a bachelorette <laughs> party recently. Uh, you still dealing with that shit? I did, well, I didn't think I would have to, you, you know, but it does happen. Some, I was in uh, St. Louis. Uh-huh. I think it was. Was it St. Louis? It must have been at the Helium. Mm-hmm. And they were over there in the corner with the bride and her dumb hat or whatever the <laughs> fuck it was and four girls. And they kind of isolated themselves over there. And I come out to see how the opener's doing. And I see, like, whoever's organizing the bar, uh, the party, like, this girl looks at me and goes... And I'm like, What? It's like don't you you can go online and make a decision about the comic you're about to see. And I don't
1: I, I always I have sometimes I have to stop the show, like did anyone Google me before you came here? Like what right. did you think you were gonna see?
0: Right. And I said to him, I said, Look, I'm not I'm not this might not work out for you guys. It's not gonna be a fun night. <laughs> You know, and then I shit on them a little bit. And I said, you guys can leave. You probably have, to, there's other things you can do. You can save your night now. And, <laughs> and they fucking left. Not <laughs> Did you angry. Really? They slipped
1: out. Did you assume they were going to not like you? Were they actively chatty and not liking you? Did you get no, up there I being like, you're going to hate me?
0: No, it wasn't hate. But I could see they'd isolated themselves already. They weren't in the main, they weren't in the bulk of the audience. They were against the wall. Stage left. And then I just noticed that they were talking among themselves. And I uh. and i stopped them like, you don't, you don't have to stay. Yeah. It's okay to admit that you fucked up up, I was the wrong comic for you to bring your dumb bachelorette party to, which none of us understand why you do anyways. None of us, <laughs> comics, we don't know why you come. Why do they come? I don't, I don't know.
1: I don't. It's something to do. I mean, they're not into strippers, so what are they going to do? I, don't I mean, know. there's
0: more creative things to do. Go to a goddamn dance club. We can go stand okay. and watch some sad man for a fucking hour.
1: <laughs> you this, know? Is, this is what it's going to be like for your husband if things don't work out. <laughs> I guess. I, I just, I don't, it's like,
0: I don't understand
1: the tradition of it because it clearly is that it's dude, it's hard to I think it's hard for um for, for women to like they do like scavenger hunts and crafts. It's like guys get into like nasty shit on a bachelor party. I and I don't remember. think women This yeah. is as nasty as it gets,
0: it's seeing you. You know? Yeah, I I just like I remember I'm trying to think. My my that joke you do in the special about the bachelor party, that's your opportunity to to ruin well, I don't remember what the joke is. We don't have to spoil it. But <laughs> it was a funny observation because I remember I'm not sure I remember my bachelor... Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, what'd you do? Well, it was it was okay, you know. Like uh, it was the the first wedding. The second wedding, <laughs> there was no party. There's no was bachelor party for the second there, there was there was no fathers at the wedding. It was just you know we did it in the backyard, kind of abruptly, with me me and my big ideas. But the first one was a big deal. And my guys, they you know they 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 rented a. Uh, my my buddy's in music, and he rented a, a rehearsal space and got some local musicians, and we kind of had a jam session and That's drank. Awesome. And but That's then great. we went to a strip bar, and it, and it was like, it is what it is. It's not my bag, you know. Never liked it. Not really. Mm. I, I just never understood it. I, I never understood the. I couldn't separate. Like, is the idea that that they don't like you at all, and they're just doing this? You <laughs> <laughs> as their job.
1: That would be funny if they have it like that, um, you know, that Dick's restaurant in in, uh, in Vegas or, you know, the chain where they're like mean to you. The yeah, Dicks. Uh, yeah. if they have like a strip club like that where they're yeah. just like mean strippers. I bet they have that.
0: I, I mean, but that's <laughs> how I read it all the time. That That's all I see. I don't know what other people are seeing. I'm seeing, you know, kind of you know, broken, angry women doing this for a job. And some of them are good at it. And, and what determines whether they're good at it or not is if you don't see that. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Well, for me personally,
1: Uh, as a fan, I like, if I'm at, I don't, I hate TVs and bars. Mm. All these bars, Tell so many bars are full of screens. I want to go to a bar to not look at a screen. And you know what would be cool to look at? A lady dancing. So that's it. If the music is good and I'm watching a lady dance, I'd much prefer that to a screen. You don't have to throw money at a TV. Dude, I mean, I. So, all right, all right. Point, point well taken, but still, it's yeah, like.
0: They, the TV's not demanding your attention. Well, you
1: have to go to a place
0: where they're not pushing. I'm
1: saying some strip okay. clubs are very demanding, and it's like a sad thing. So she's saying it's a
0: casual night, maybe go out with a couple of friends, have a couple of drinks. Hey, hey, she's coming over here. You guys want to watch her sit on my lap and grind on me for a little while?
1: I mean. If you, I mean, yeah, but also, I go to, like, in Portland, for example, it's different It's different strip club cult cultures depending on where you go. And in uh-huh. Portland, it's really like you can buy a lap dance if you want. They're not hard-selling them to you. You just tip the girls that are dancing on the pole when uh-huh. you want, and it, you can chill out and just, like, hang out. Yeah. They got good food, you know? Yeah. Just chilling.
0: I can't, music's no, good. The last couple of times I've gone to a strip club, like, yeah, there's some part of me, I, I don't know if it's a, uh, save your thing or what, but I, I, you know, I, if I walk out with a stripper's phone number, like I feel like I've won a golden globe award.
1: That is amazing. No, that's how many times have you done that? Twice. That's pretty good, man. But I
0: didn't follow up on it and I didn't know if it was for real. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, this is after like what? Two, $300. Did you ask for it or did she give it to you? Well, I mean, I I, uh, I I don't I don't quite remember, but I remember like you know when I left, I was with my buddy Don. It was years ago, and I'm like, dude, I gotta I gotta call this girl, <laughs> and then like at, the next day, I'm like, what am I what what for? Yes. <laughs> what what is it like? How is that a big win? You know, like what's going on? You think you can get away from your old man? You, know, <laughs> you think you can get away from the guy that makes you strip? To maybe have
1: lunch with me? Why are you taking away the agency from these women? There's no one making them do it. They love it.
0: Wow. <laughs> Why are you living in a dream? <laughs> no. No, I, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's good. Uh, I think you're I correct. Know. I'm just bullshitting. I don't know. No, no, no. No, I, 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 I think that's how you have to look at it in terms of sex work and, and to be... On the right side of things, inappropriate. You do, yeah, they do have agency, but it's not it, the world is still the world. Yes, I mean you know whatever the choice is, and I I, well, I didn't necessarily think we needed to get anything into too controversial, but they are primarily depending where they're doing. I would say in eighty percent of the time, you know, grinding on losers for fucking money. Yeah, you're making losers laugh for money. I mean, how much no, is... they're not, they're, they're, no, they're not. No, but the <laughs> the, the, ex- the loser coming to laugh can maybe bring his girlfriend or his mom. <laughs> you don't go to strip club with your mom? <laughs> Not usually. <laughs> Who's going to pick me up? I gotta. <laughs> uh, so wait, now, am I hallucinating or did you uh, introduce me to a wife? Yeah, I've been kind of like, you talked about the bachelor part. I didn't want to bring it up
1: because the special is where my life was when I taped it. I taped the special a while ago. So the special that I'm trying to, you know, release right now is about going through a breakup and having no wife. And now I have a wife. But I don't not want people to know that because I want them to still believe in the special and, and dig the special. You well, know? no, I
0: mean ultimately, I do have people, a
1: wife and I love her very much. People can
0: watch the special and now they know it turned out okay yeah, for you. Yes, so it did there's, turn out there's okay. less menace to the sad fucking. Okay. Guy. Good. I mean. Okay. Yes. Yes. I
1: did. I just got married. It was like, dude, it's been a crazy year. We got engaged in January and got married in in July. So it was a big, like, very quick and and uh, and hectic and beautiful and all that stuff. How long did you know her? Um we met we met 6 weeks before the pandemic. Uh-huh. And then the pandemic hit and we moved in together right then and there.
0: I think that happened to a lot of people. I'd like to hear more of those stories that are success stories. Of yeah. of, of relationships that were new but then it was always sort of then it became like, well, here you go. Yeah, now now we, you're together. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no other way to go. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, we stayed together long enough that there was
1: there was a time when we could have broke up but it was like man it was just like it was weird because the world was like it felt like the world was falling apart outside of the doors of of our apartment yeah and then we're building this thing together inside it was it was kind of cool well, i
0: like that you talk about the last one was the first jew you dated as a jew
1: yes yes this one i didn't end up marrying a jew so i well,
0: of course not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, but it, it was one of the best jokes that i ever wrote my first wife was Jewish, and, uh-huh. you know, we we we're, we're, we get along again. We're, she, so um, the problem with uh, dating a, a, a Jewish woman, uh-huh. for me, I could, it could go either way, man or woman, was that uh, everything you hated about going home is now yeah. in your house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's terrible. Funny. Well, and then the
0: marrying a Jewish woman was sort of like, uh, you can't have the wedding you want. Uh, and the reason is because Esther can't make it up the hill. There's always an Esther, and she's not going up the hill. That was That's my grandma's name. That was my grandma's name. Was yes, Esther? Yeah, of course.
1: It's weird. It's like I get confused by um, better call Saul and Barry because those are my two uncles' names. You know, I can't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. these names are coming back. I guess somehow. But um, yeah. But my ex was she was Jewish, but honestly, she was half Jewish and half Irish, and she was more Irish relating than Jewish. So,
0: Huh. I, have you tracked your uh, genetics? Yes, yes. Back.
1: Do you say genetics? Did you June, do Yeah, sure. <laughs> genetics. Have you? Uh,
0: the, the Jewish twenty. Theory in the yeah. Well,
1: I haven't done the 23andMe, but my grandpa's way into genealogy, and we actually took a trip back to um, Poland and Belarus and saw where we where we came from. That's which where was I came from. Interesting, really? Yeah, we probably Belarus, probably same village. It's you know? uh, Galicia. Yeah, yeah, White we're- Russia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And have you been to Belarus? No, we're probably not going to go now.
0: But, uh, yeah, so it seems a little heavy over there.
1: I don't know. Maybe you get a job at yeah. the Wagner Group. But,
0: but when I think when what Galicia was, it was Poland and it was Ukraine and, 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 and now it's Belarus. I don't, I don't know. Where Belarus was Pale Settlement. I know that I was that the Pale Settlement yeah. was right. White
1: Russia, Pale Settlement, Galicia. It's, I think it's all the same name for that area. Well, that Galicia is actually a town over. in, oh, in oh, Poland. Oh, that's a town. Okay. All
0: right. Where it, I learned some stuff because I did that uh, Finding Your Roots show. And oh, cool. it, it was like an oil boom town in the early nineteen hundreds. Wow. Uh, or maybe the eighteen hundreds. And like they he was able to track my Jewish people further back into the Pala settlement and into uh Poland than he had anyone else. That's awesome. So I have this bizarro family tree thing. That's uh, really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, my grandpa's been working on this for a long, long time. He still works he's still working on it. And it is really interesting. But also it's like I like going there and I um it's kind of, they build like, there was a Jewish cemetery, and they build a sports field over it. It's like, oh, you don't got to rub it in. I know we're bad at sports, but this is, like, kind of rude. Um, but uh, but uh, also, it's like, I don't know. I just always feel like, yeah, we uh, we won. We're still here. Yeah. And, like, you know, you watch that, like, Eurozone. The, the, what's that? There's the Kazan Kazan competition. I don't know so what you're like, talking about. Is, I'm just saying, you see what European culture is like without Jews, and they don't have enough black people, and you're like, well this is what you get. You yeah. know what I mean? Maybe right. you shouldn't have gotten rid of us because we're right. fucking, we're pretty amazing when well, it comes to that
0: stuff. Well, I, the thing that fucking freaks me out and scares me all the time just because of the current situation and the tone of anti-Semitism, which I talk about a lot, mm-hmm. it seems like my last three specials and what I'm working on now, there's at least 10 minutes about anti-Semitism. Yeah. And some of it is to provoke anti-Semitism in my audience. You know, and... I, <laughs> well, no, because like, I, I talk about that on stage that, you know, sometimes I go on a bit long about it because the truth is, is a lot of people... Don't know Jews, yeah, and there's you know, and they're slowly starting to normalize anti-Semitism. Yes, for real. So the way the Jews are characterized is is pretty specific and pretty old timey. Yeah, and a lot of us, you, you know, you talk about it a little bit in the special about not wanting to do. Uh, like I used to say, like, I didn't talk about being a Jew on stage for years because I didn't see there was a way to do it that wasn't honoring the trope, whether it was the neurotic yeah. Jew or the old Jew. There were two kinds of Jews, the yeah. Jew in analysis or the Jew that just wants to sit down. Right. So. <laughs> and I and I was like, I don't know where you go with this, but eventually I, I owned it, but I own it in a different way. And it was always about. Trying to undermine the stereotypes of, of the bigger ones, like Globe, the, the Jews that run the world, or decide well, the
1: that's, that's what I was actually thinking about. What I want to ask you about, because I've been trying to write a bit about how I don't like conspiracy theories because they always end and up Jews. blaming the Jews. Yeah. and you were a big conspiracy theorist, so you didn't you? Didn't you just like go down that rabbit hole for a while and then say, "Oh wait." Who is responsible for all this? Oh, it's me and all my relatives.
0: Maybe I don't believe in this. <laughs> that didn't stop you? like? Well, no, because there was the Freemason thing and then there was the, the sort of, uh, you, you know, the United States government, CIA, all that shit. But the ones, the blood libel stuff yeah. and the sort of Zog, Zionist occupied government stuff. Yes. I mean, that's, that's sort of, I think, a bill. I did a whole episode with a conspiracy theorist, uh, a theorist historian, basically. Wow. So when I was in it it wasn't Jew related it was more Freemasonry in the in the government.
1: I didn't realize that was a newer development. That's, that's It's true. not I
0: mean it's always sort of there but now with with QAnon and with Soros and with you know now that they're they can put people on it. But those are just Soros is just Rothschild.
1: I mean it's like it's newer no, that's but true. it's the old shit sure. come back. You but know I know was I mean?
0: yeah the Rothschilds were kind of adjacent to the Freemasons but yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, mean what I'm saying no, it's I all get there it. you know. But but when I was into it it was more about you know this idea that the truth about you know government and corporations and all this other shit was 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 where it stopped for me. I didn't get I didn't you know I didn't know what I understood the Rothschilds were a medieval banking family and the reason that Jews were bankers was because the Christians weren't allowed to lend money and, yeah, yeah. and, and da, 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 I knew all that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But now it's just a lot of people are just sort of taking information. It, it, it all falls into that woke thing. Like even people who should be proud of being woke are nervous about being woke. And the Jews, anything that right-wing people disagree with, or want to stereotype falls mm-hmm. under the woke umbrella.
1: I mean, dude, I don't even. That word has been. Th- th- these words get twisted around, and you don't even know what they mean anymore. And they get so co opted, yeah. And they become a left thing, and then become the right thing, and they you know they go back and forth. And it, I don't even know what you what you even mean when you're saying that. Now, you're of saying, course, they don't either. You know, yeah. It's
0: just a new objectifier. Yeah, like you know, it, it strips people of of their point of view, their identity, their. But it's it's a pretty broad. Term, yes, yeah, you know, because yeah, the way that they, that they're using the word Democrat and woke or, and or liberal. liberal, it's all pejorative,
1: right? Pejorative, right yeah, but yeah. almost it's
0: bordering on Jew.
1: Ha! Yes, yeah. Well, what was the? There was one about that. There's um. There's another conspiracy theory. Oh, I can't remember the words they use for it. Um, it's this theory that actually ends up being about Jews, and people don't even realize. People, sometimes people are into these conspiracy theories that are Jews. Globalists, Yeah, that's global- what it is. Oh, yeah, globalists totally means Jews. Jews. Of course. And people don't realize that. In fact, I told a joke about this uh, conspiracy theory thing, and a guy reached out to me. He's like, I didn't know globalists meant Jews. And I just think it's, like, it's a weird way to like
0: to hide it. Well, that's because the left uses it, too, in, in terms of— Globalists? Well, yeah, because like the the sort of global economic model uh, uh, is, you know, was a big thing on the left. That's why everything's getting confused and the right's co-opting left language. But globalization.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Was, was, you know, not seen as a good thing because it leveled the wage field and it sort of yeah. encourages slavery on a global scope. And that's like neoliberal, but that's which is the opposite of liberal, which no, is uh, all very confusing, right? Well, right. But, but the neoliberals <laughs> and the neoconservatives were all about globalization. Yeah. And that was and that's so. But so, the opposite of globalization is sort of unionized work. In the country we live in that employs people within the country at a reasonable living wage with safety nets and protections and that that falls into the world of socialism which is part of the lefty kind of point of view so globalization was a threat to the uh, uh, idealism of of socialists wow. but also in, in the right-wing world it was just a way to to say like where they the, you know the Chinese are taking our jobs the Mexicans are taking our jobs. The Indians are, are taking our jobs. Everything. Nothing's made here anymore. Because like if everybody was working, you know, towards you know fair fair employment, they'd be pro-union. And somehow or another, the, the right wing propaganda has got working class white people thinking unions are demonic. And yes. it's, it's, it's all it's all mindfuck. Well, Anyways, they are getting really, into the woods.
1: Yeah, but they're very good. They're just like the right is it's weird. All the writers are liberal, but the right has the best slogans. They really write things. I mean, like pro-life. What are you against,
0: life? I mean, that's a that's that's really well written. You know what I mean? Well, they've got people chipping away at it angrily, round the clock. <laughs> well, whether they're fucking you know <laughs> radicalized gamers or fucking radicalized Christians or or just right wing think tanks, they're doing it all day long. The left doesn't really exist, and centrist Democrats and liberals, we don't have that type of organization because we are kind of primarily want to live our lives. Yes, yeah, uh, you know, and and we've we've become uh, able to uh, in, embrace tolerance, which is necessary for democracy yes but it has now been taken out of the equation we're we're in a lesser position in the, the great war of words and and charisma but honestly that's i mean that's because
1: i know you're saying it and i am I, you think the anti-woke thing is just the right thing but i think some people want to push back against the overreach of that kind of stuff where it kind of became a, a, a Boy Who Cries Wolf thing with all the outrage all the time.
0: And yeah, but, but I find that the, the place that that really happens most is on college campuses. And eventually, I think that... And on social media platforms. Sure. But I think it, it will find its own level. We don't know what these kids who are triggered by everything and, and, you know, worried about, you know, how they want to represent themselves sexually or pronoun-wise or everything else. It feels to me that eventually that will settle down. You know, obviously... You know, destroying someone's life over false accusations or or, or over a tweet or yeah. that that has much as much to do with clickbait culture as it does anything else yes. with the failure of journalism. Yes, hundred percent. So there's a lot of things going on, but I don't. It, it still seems to me that you can say whatever you want,
1: pretty much. Yes, yes, I do. I do. I do see what you're saying. It's a false. It's a false uh, what, paper tiger, or whatever. You know, it's, it's a not, bit. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not really like a thing as much as they're saying it is. But I do think. I, 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 it's not totally one. It just, it does exist. But but the
0: guys who fall through the cracks are guys like me and you is that when you have tribalized anti-woke comedy, I was at the comedy store and I walked down there, there was one person in each room doing their trans jokes. And I'm like, is this even necessary? Exactly. Right. So, but so the people that are just kind of like slightly filthy progressive or liberal people, you know, that our comedy doesn't have a tribe This is exactly, anymore. yes,
1: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is what I'm This is what I'm concerned about. This is exactly what well, I'm it's concerned a, it's about. A re,
0: it's a reasonable concern. I don't know. But the special's good. Thanks, man.
1: Thank you. Thanks and for watching it,
0: it. Yeah, and it's good to see you. Good to see you too. And I think we did a, a nice chunk of time here. Should we have a couple of Jews speculating about global politics for 15 minutes? Maybe. Why not?
1: <laughs> Why not? Oh, now we can't speculate? We you can only control it? Ah, that's it. <laughs>
0: it's, we're not even doing our job. Good talking to you. Thanks for having me. Man. Yeah, man. Okay, there you go. Again, present tense, the new special. Premieres tonight, October 19th, on Louis's YouTube channel. Go subscribe. Louis Katz Comedy. Alright, so Stanhope. A lot of you know Stanhope. Stanhope is a one-of-a-kind rogue. Of sorts, a self made man, an institution, a legend. He's a guy that uh, we've kind of run in the same circles for uh, decades, uh, but always uh, a unique take on things. He's one of, uh, he's definitely uh, unto himself, a singular comedian, and it's always good to hang out with him. Uh, he's got this uh, new movie, well, he's actually acting in it. Uh, it's called Road Dog. It's available right now to rent or own on all cable, satellite, and digital platforms. It's about a stand-up comic who is almost uh, exactly like Doug Stanhope, or what Doug Stanhope kinda is, or or familiar enough uh, a Doug Stanhope-ish character. Well, anyway, this is me talking to Stanhope. <laughs> Smoke? No, 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 not since uh, February fifteenth. That's pretty good. I'm, st- i you know, I haven't smoked for years, but I, now I'm back on these fucking nicotine's, lozenges. No. They're very good. Yeah, I, I didn't know you stopped. <laughs> Stop the nicotine? Yeah, I did for a few years, and then uh, you know, some motherfucker, you know, said, "Come on, man, let's just have a good cigar in Canada." I know exactly the motherfucker. <laughs> It was a Santino. It was a Santino-shaped motherfucker. And I am like, and I knew it would just string me out immediately. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I, I swear, can. I went out to Austin, and I, like, every comic
2: has started smoking. And fest too. Yeah, like, every comic smoked. I, it felt like I was the last smoker. Like, me and Dave Attell were the only two that are still going outside yeah. and standing in right. front of a fucking office building. And not now every comic smokes. Big J Okerson was smoking like oh my fucking God. everyone. Well, I feel
0: like he smoked. I feel like he always smoked. Yeah. A J. Maybe it's part of the whole anti woke persona. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta start smoking I, cigarettes in your thirties like a fucking moron.
2: I don't know. I watched your uh, I watched your special this morning and I fucking it just it made my whole day. Oh, thanks. Like I was man. I, I, I I was laughing. I I my wife, uh bingo. Yeah. Is actually, she started it at one point months yeah. ago yeah. and said, Hey, I started Mark Mar-, and She never watches stand up yeah, comedy. Right. She goes, It's actually really good. And I <laughs> go, Well, yeah, she goes, I I, paused, I stopped it because I wanted to watch it together. Yeah. And I go, Yeah, when I'm in the mood to watch stand up, sure. which it is fucking never. Rare, yeah. I'm like, Well, I'm going on the podcast. I'll watch <laughs> it this morning. And I just fucking, from, from the beginning, was fucking, yeah, thanks, Well, well done. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. That's and, very. Uh... And, the, and the dark shit about Lynn was yeah. fucking crushing.
0: Oh thanks, buddy. really good. Well that means a lot to me, man. Selfie? I,
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> I did I when they were collecting my mother's body, I like I I tried to make a discreet selfie with did them in the background do, carrying her body out. Did you it's,
0: do it? It's all blurry, yeah. No, it didn't happen. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I, I didn't you know, that was after the fact. When you're in the middle of that stuff, you know you're not really thinking hilariously.
2: Yeah, I was I was more worried because there was legal issues because I was kind of an assisted suicide. Yeah, uh, uh, so I, I'm like, all right,
0: I don't I don't want to camp it up by <laughs> taking an obvious. <laughs> you don't want to seem too insensitive. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. I was talking to uh, Louis Katz yesterday. Oh yeah, he's great. You know, and you know, he's got that new special. But we were talking about comedy, and he was talking about me and you, and uh, and then I, uh, you know, I watched a movie. You know, and I, the movie's called Road Dog. And uh, first of all, who's that kid that wrote that book? You know, the, the, oh, uh, yeah, Sam Tallent. Sam Talent, his, his movie's dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was very, very upset when I,
2: I told him. I think I sent him the script too. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck.
0: Well, he, you know, I talked to him because I love that book and I know you liked it. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's our life and it's very specific and it's very hard to nail that thing. Right, you know the 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 generation of comics that you and I come from, which is the post uh, uh, explosion comics. That uh, you know, it's very specific. And I thought he in that book nailed it very well. Yeah, and in this, especially for a guy that young. (laughs) Well, yeah, but he's hanging around there. All you need is one Rick Kearn's. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Great reference. (laughs) <laughs> to get to get that guy, you just got to spend a weekend with Rick Kearns. Hey, where can we? Uh, is there you know where we can get an eight
2: ball? First of all, the, that book we're talking about is called Running the Light. Yeah, uh, and it's it, one of the best books I've ever read. Yeah, certainly the best about stand up. No shit. When you
0: read it, who were you? I was picturing Ron White. I got Ron, but you know, it's like, well, this is what I want to talk to you about because in the uh, in the movie, yeah. you play some version of that guy, but it's 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 pretty close to you. Ish, yeah, and uh, and and the the thing that w- that really struck me outside of the, you know, because when we got into the game, even the generation before us, there were literally guys who were trying to you know not pay their taxes. They were just just ahead of the law. <laughs> I mean, the guy who who I knew well and and spent time with was Bastille. All right, Frankie. It, I, I only knew the legend of. Yeah, so I was one of those guys that he tried to sort of get me to think I was learning something, but really just to drive him places, you know. <laughs> but he was the guy that uh, you know I would go. He, it's a the Bastille story is is long, but you know he was that guy. He was a dope fiend. So yeah. you know I had him in my mind. I had Kearns in my mind, but I didn't know. There was how many guys like the guy in that's Frankie Bastille. Does he
2: have just a tiny part in Mr. Saturday Night where he's on TV and I Billy Crystal's character is going, well, there's k- kids today. Was he a
0: long? I like, can't imagine that was him, long curly hair guy. No, no okay. This, Lord Corette, the guy who followed yeah. him around for a while, you know, that Bastille legend was I was in Boston coming up at the beginning in the late 80s and he moved there. Because he was, he was literally running from, you know, child payments in the IRS. <laughs> and he's famously, he, would, he wouldn't want his name in the paper or on marquees. Because <laughs> he didn't want anyone yeah. to know where he was. And I think he eventually got busted on the child support stuff because he did a radio show. And somebody <laughs> heard him and told the woman. I had served once uh, in a green
2: room. Really? Yeah. For what? <laughs> Uh, I was uh, libel or something. It was a long time ago. I just talked shit about someone on my website and said he's a, like, in, probably in the NABLA Hall of Fame, or oh. something like that. oh, yeah. you know, they can sue you for that. And, yeah, and he did. But and, and it was it had been many years since. But oh. I got the Man Show, so he's like, oh, this it guy's got money now. I can, I can. And it, it got thrown out, but it still cost me like ten grand in legal fees to get know, it thrown out. I don't know what kind of fucking. Anyway, the do point that. is, some yeah,
0: I know the feeling of wishing you could do comedy anonymously. Yeah, and but uh, that was the guy I thought of. But what I was thinking though is that the the, the whole well, granted, the guy and in the, did you quit drinking too? No, oh, oh. oh no, <laughs> I, not crazy. I couldn't quite get it straight. I knew you quit something. And then I thought doug quit drinking he would it would be exactly like that movie you would <laughs> you would get on stage lost like, to,
2: like a like a child yeah i i, I was uh, I would have that fear of uh yeah going on stage but then again i, 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 I the point my brain is I, I have to write everything. There's no riffing. I'm not going to go up oh, really? and do crowd work. Yeah. Was that if always? I take, if I take, a, 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 like, two weeks off, I have to go back and listen to the last set I did just to make sure I hit all the beats. And, yeah. Uh, is that Was that always... I'm No, I was, well, I cared less earlier, yeah. so I would go up and fuck off. A, right, a set. I, I, it was a great feeling when you ca- came off stage after an hour and go. I almost used no material on that show. It was yeah, just, uh, it's great. Are, It'll
0: never happen again, and it was useless. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Now I feel like I have to. Uh, you know, I, I have to. You know, People pay a lot of money,
0: so yeah. you got to be prepared. Have a show, right? Yeah, I'm the same way. I got more like that, but I still don't write a lot down. I outline stuff. A lot of things get lost. I haven't done, you know. I've been trying to work out this new hour in clubs, and then I took this week off, and I'm I, now I, I feel I'm going out next week, and I'm like, what the fuck? What was it? Yeah, and I got to go look at the outline and make sure I get shit in, but so much gets lost, and yeah. Know. I mean, I, I'm not yeah, writing out verbatim jokes. the uh, entire yeah. set, but I get it. it okay, this goes
2: into that, and I right. get because if I forget to yeah. do that segue, then this entire chunk is lost.
0: Yeah, I'm like you. I don't have fucking uh, jokes. jokes. I have, <laughs> yeah. You have to keep. Well, they become jokes the more you repeat them. You know what I mean? It was so funny.
2: It's very. Uh, you're one of those people. that's terrifying to watch. That I'm like oh please don't. There's a few times in in the bleak special bleak <laughs> yeah. to dark where I like oh that you're gonna do my, one of my bits.
0: Oh like, right right. Well I texted you. You never got back to me. What? It's so funny because if I come up with a bit, like I'll tell I'll like I'll text you and a tell. It was a. Uh, Hey man, it's Maren. Just wrote a bit and did it a few times where I referred to an abortion clinic as an angel factory which seems like something only a handful of us could come up with. Have you heard that or done that? Hope not. It's a fun one to say.
2: <laughs> that was exactly the bit yeah. that I'm going, oh please don't go down the road I went down. Right. I just filmed a, a special yeah. in May and I still haven't gotten around to getting it fucking edited.
0: But, yeah. but And it, it didn't go that way. But Angel oh. Factory was fucking beautiful. But it was, it was one of those Ones I came up with on stage, and I'm like, "Oh my God, I have to, I have to somehow own this in the ether." And then, but the funny thing is, is like, and it was, I think it was always this way. There, w- there was not a lot of us who would do that, right? You know, there, there, like, Telly used to call me up, and we're totally different types of comics. But I'd get these weird calls, like, "Hey, it's Dave. Do you do anything about jerking off in Fat the Bible? on a pogo <laughs> stick?" Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> I could have sworn it was you, but I knew that any of the long form guys. But, t- but there's no one that has the balls to do this shit anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't really know.
2: know. I don't. I, I don't really see comics anymore, and I, I, I'm always loath to watch a special. Like now, I'm not, I don't have any dates on the books and I don't plan on it for a while. Right. So I will go out and watch, you know, some people's specials. But if you go to a
0: festival, you see it, right? Yeah,
2: but I I, I don't really watch the comedy i have fun at festivals and hang out oh yeah i'm the, more like the green room guy right movies.
0: right hey there's an old timer in the green room yeah. you want to go ask him questions i just want to say hi to comics because yeah. i
2: never see them
0: yeah i well yeah. i see i probably see them more but i'll watch guys there's some guys i like watching i, I tend to like uh goofier guys to to get a kick out of them like i watched bargetsy's special twice I watched during uh,
2: during quarantine. Yeah. I watched a lot. The and other one, Nate was yeah, Nate he's, was very good.
0: He's got a he's got a, uh, a uh, you know a, a pace yeah and a, a and a way of talking that's pretty uh, unique yeah and it's all clean and it drives me nuts.
2: Um, Eddie Pepitone, oh, I that's saw. Great. I, did, sure. I didn't see. Him. I just saw him. As a person, but hi, I'm, Doug. <laughs> that's fucking great, Eddie Pepitone. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw him at the last Gank Festival I went to in Houston a, yeah. a couple of years ago, and just uh, like he, you're a, you're my new favorite. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> great.
0: He's great because he's like he's yelling constantly, but he's so sweet. Yeah, like he can't yell away his sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like he's doing good. But it, the question I was wondering he's about still funny on Twitter. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think two yeah, people left that can actually go on Twitter. And I can't read it anymore. I don't. I don't, I don't understand it anymore. You can, you tweet and no one gets them. It seems. No. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I don't.
2: It, it's, that's when I, I I remember like MySpace. Everyone had kind of fled, and I was the last guy
0: going. Yeah, these, these used to get more responses yeah, yeah. Than, And they're gone. Yeah, and I I don't know. I I can't. It's I'm old. How old are you? Uh, uh, 56. I just turned 60. Just
2: turned fucking 60. Right. I said it like we were an old couple when you were doing the bit about it. You go, I don't really feel old. And I go, because we don't have kids. It's and then you said it
0: as I was saying. It. <laughs> it's true. We have nothing to judge our yeah. decay against. Uh, but the character in the movie was somebody you know very familiar to me. But the did guy, you do a lot of that kind of road work?
2: You know, yeah, I did enough.
0: You yeah. know, I my the thing that my the difference in my uh, making my bones was that in Boston, the market where I started. Uh, getting paid to do stand-up was a, a one-nighter market. All right. So those were two guy, two men shows. Yeah. So you would go out with a headliner, and the opener had to do a half hour. Yeah. They were like New England was basically like triple gigs that you could go home after. That's right. But yeah. you do, sometimes it would take three hours to get home. Right. But it was just like there was a, a half hour guy, and then a forty-five minute guy, and then you drive. Yeah. So I started with, in terms of time, with the time of a feature. So by the time I left you know, uh, Boston, I could feature pretty strong and I was headlining pretty shortly after, but I didn't, you know, I, I never understood the road. I I didn't understand that there was networking involved and you had to treat club owners with a certain amount of respect and you you know, people had to want to see you again. I didn't understand (laughs) any of that. I was just sort of like, I'm here. What the fuck are we doing? And the tone just never, never locked in. So you were
2: always like that? Yeah. He didn't grow into the Mark Maron that we know and no. are
0: afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a little—he's t- tempered. It was so funny I was on stage the other night, you know. And I feel like I've gotten pretty open, you know, because of that last special, you know. And I'm and I'm doing these things I'm working on. There's some guy yammering like right up front, like answering me, like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You know, I'm like, "Dude, are you gonna shut the fuck <laughs> up?" You know, and like in the audience stunk. You know, they were just an original room audience. It was Tuesday night. And they weren't hostile. They were just hearing everything as somebody saying, you know, serious things. You, You know, where they're just sort of like, you know, they're just not, they're not landing as jokes. And this guy's talking and I go, what the fuck is your problem? And I said, you know, what kind of miserable fucking relationship did you have with your father that you need this much negative attention? What the fuck? I've been doing this for fucking 40 years. You're the same guy. I've seen you a million times, different hat, same asshole, you know, and I just, I lost it, right? And then I, then I, I have this moment where I'm like, oh, wow, you just saw the real Mark. Okay. <laughs> If I, don't, if I don't use that guy anymore, Doug, that guys <laughs> he's on hiatus for the most part. That's
2: good. That's good.
0: But I w- well, there was a brief time where I, I was trying to, uh, you know, do jokes. And, like, there's those 1989 evening at the Improvs where I seem pretty together. But I was i was still – I i did a joke in 89 on Caroline's Comedy Hour about the three kings showing up in an abortion clinic dumpster. So I always <laughs> had the same <laughs> – what's gone wrong? But uh, – but yeah, I had the same temperament, but but that was where that was the late '80s. So th- this is what I was trying to ask you: is that that idea of selling out and the idea of integrity in terms of how you do the thing doesn't seem to exist anymore. And I'm not even sure where we got it because I had it for years, and I knew guys that had it. But when I think back on it, there weren't that many people that had that. And I, I guess we got it from Bill, right? I mean, where does that? Where did we get that? I uh, like. I really had no sense of
2: selling out or any, when I started, I didn't know anything about LA or coasts. I started in Vegas, which was a, like, yeah. if, if you had any idea that you can't start in Vegas, <laughs> but I didn't cause yeah. I lived there. Yeah. Uh, and then I just started doing triple gigs. So I was driving all over fucking, you know, from, you know, Colorado to Montana yeah. to you know, Oregon, just all these shithole towns. And I, that's pretty much all I knew for the first few years. Yeah. So I didn't really had any
0: barometer of what hackneyed was but so you didn't have that sort of idea because you know when I was you know hanging out with Frankie and he was you know you know telling me the ways of the road and stuff you know they they you know there was boat axe there was you know the idea of a boat axe oh you know there was you know there was a cruise ship axe sure sure and then he used to do this thing about like you know if you're gonna juggle you gotta you know juggle something big something you know dangerous and then something edible. <laughs> That's, you know, it's got to, <laughs> you got to eat the apple. You know, like he had this, the structure of things, but I sort of abided by it. And, you know, maybe a lot of it came out of insecurity. So that stuff was all scripted. You never had that sense of like, eventually that these guys are garbage comedy. You know, we're doing the real stuff.
2: I, I, I don't really know when that developed. I'm sure like, I, I remember when I, I got comparisons to Bill Hicks mm. And that as always, it was always was never good. It yeah. was never good. Yeah,
0: because he was like every the people that knew him at that time and loved him. He was this singular thing. Yeah. that they, you couldn't you, even. Cross. You don't.
2: You don't see that idolatry anymore. That the Hicks of fans that were just a hardcore. Yeah, if you're anything like Bill, you're trying to be Bill. Like if you're saying anything important, there's a lot of people that are, oh you're you're
0: you're you're trying to be socially relevant. That's Hicks. Yeah, Hicks it's did that. Only oh him. wait, so sh- we should stop social relevance? Right. Like, it was insane. I you know I remember I had to defend wearing black jeans you know, like to some fucking assholes. I think I had a black jeans and a black shirt on, and I don't even remember seeing him. You know, do much by when the comparison started. Just quick side note: I, 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 thank God you're still fucking audio
2: only. I didn't feel uh, undue pressure to put on one of my stupid suits. Oh, thank God! I wasn't in the fucking mood for no stupid suit.
0: No, yeah. yeah, So, well, you you made that for yourself. You you say I know, but I
2: still I I still enjoy it, but not today. Like today, it's (laughs) like it's fucking hot out. and It's day. Just feel dumb, (laughs) like in front of you. I feel like all right. Fucking Marin, let it go. <laughs> I
0: don't need to come with the circus and the suits. But when in that in the movie in Road Dog, there's a line in there where you know that one of the reasons you blew the letter bit your character was because he asked you to wear a suit. And then I wondered, is your suit now a, a over-the-top play on that? You know, being pissed off about having to wear suits at some other time. So now you wear these vintage clown suits that you find places. <laughs>
2: It's it's my only hobby on the road. Yeah, is to uh, some people go to museums and shit. Yeah, I want to see you know Wrigley Field. I I go to thrift stores and try to find get lucky on some really fucking goofy vintage
0: jackets and ties. So back in the day, though, you weren't because like I was sort of more of a a dick than you, I think. Um, But there was this thing that you you know to have integrity, and and I'm you know and I don't because most people you know don't. And and I know that was like because I know Frankie had it. I don't think Hicks spoke to it, but there was definitely a few of us that were like uh, uh, integrity. I was
2: just as far as material goes. Inte-
0: material stand up, you, know, you know, you know, purpose, art of the fucking thing. What I, real stand up was? Yeah, but that doesn't.
2: And self sabotage was always there with me. That's if, right. If, for whatever integrity I had, I still didn't have any compunction with throwing a a, a show in the toilet if I wasn't in the mood or that guy, right. the asshole with the fucking hat, <laughs> yeah, 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 talking back. Yeah. I would, I would, yeah, I'd walk a fucking room in a second, sure. especially when people were coming to see comedy and yeah. not you, Doug Stanhope, right. right? Yeah. If, yeah, if you got in here on a fucking free pass, fuck yeah. you and your bachelorette party. I want your night to suck. Yeah, <laughs> you worked fucking five days, and this is your Friday, and you put so little effort into the fucking payoff that you get for you know
0: fifty hours of work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're what? just gonna go out on a coupon. Fuck you. I stopped doing before I even was able to pull people. I can't. I stopped doing paper rooms. I couldn't handle it. I, you know, it took me fucking years to realize I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I still, I still hate when I find out someone doesn't like me. Because, yeah. <laughs> because exactly, Why? I don't understand. I'm doing comedy for everyone. <laughs> everyone, it's so relatable. <laughs> Why? What are you missing? Yeah, you don't. I mean, you don't have to. I don't have to be your favorite, but no, you should yeah. like me. <laughs> yeah, you should at least know what you know. Respect what I'm doing. But I had a realization. I was in Vegas. I did that. You ever do that little room, that, the wise guys? Uh, you know, Keith Stubbs got uh, a, uh, No, I haven't. He's got a room in the arts district. See, so it's like 220, and when I'm All working right. out hours, I go. And I was talking about, like, the Bellagio or these casino rooms. And I'm like, "This is I'm not that guy. This is where I belong. And I said, even my fans, if they were walking around the Bellagio, you know, on a weekend in Vegas— and they yeah. saw my poster. They'd be like, oh, you here. Like, I don't know if I'm in the mood. You know, we're having a good time. We, like, we can see him when he comes to our town. It's a little heavy for yeah, Vegas. Yeah, I know. The, well, that movie, this movie I'm in, they showed it at
2: Skankfest And then I was uh, tripping. And I'm like, like, I had to do Q&A after it. And yeah. I'm like, fuck, I'm on mushrooms. And I just realized what a downer this is. This festival is the most fun in the world. Yeah. And people are just drowning for an hour and 45 minutes. And... <laughs> sad did, uh, but did they like it they liked it I don't know what were the questions you? are you too tripped out to even oh yeah it was a very brief Q&A because they had to turn the room over and I was just
0: making fun of because I was high as shit how the? How did this movie come about this guy's a real guy but he shot a little movie He right the guy the, who directed the two the, 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 the writers are you know former comics of that era but it wasn't the guy from Meet the Parents yeah yeah the,
2: Greg Liana the, the yeah. director he wrote the original Meet the Parents yeah uh and directed it. Yeah. And so yeah, they got a hold of me cuz I, you know, I fit the suit as they say. He was a comic that guy? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it, both him and uh Tony Boswell, the, the producer, co-writer. Comics were from where? Chicago. Yeah. Huh. So and you that's knew why them there's as- so many Chicago comics in the in the picture. We, you knew them as comics? No, I didn't know them as comics. They just I I guess they'd seen me on Louie. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, okay, this Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty much a continuation of yeah. that part. That
0: guy's already ready.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's he's made for it. Yeah, I've, I've done this part. It's just...
0: <laughs> but how did you feel it's about It's like Rocky, too. I mean, but you didn't put any effort into changing your body. No, <laughs> you, no. Uh, you, you didn't get ripped for that. This
2: that the only thing I, I had a problem with is uh, they kept making me just, I think wardrobe had to, like, uh, Make sure, like censors, they go, yeah. okay, we have to change some shit or we deny our, our reason for being here. So wardrobe made me change my fucking shirt every, yeah, and I'm like, every why? I w- for every day. Yeah, real me wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'd wear the same shit for two weeks. That's about how long this
0: movie is covered. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I thought the movie, like, because it's, you know, um, we're going to be the ones that, you know, judge it comics, you know, I, you know, it's got a a sweet enough ending, uh, in a way it's still pretty dark, but, um, but I, I was anytime I see it, the authenticity of, of how that life is. And I think they did all right with it. Yeah, it's it's hard because
2: it it is a period piece. That would be a late '90s era, early yeah. I 2000s. guess that, I guess that is because they don't really yeah. Because don't, yeah, no one's trying to get on the TikTok Tonight Show anymore. They're, yeah, everything every, everything's you know internet related, right? And, and they ignore all that. But so that all guys the cars sort of, are current day cars. So they didn't really fucking
0: care. Well, they didn't really have the budget to make sure everything 1998. Well, right, but I, you know, that didn't even bother me so much, you, you know, because I don't, I, I think I don't really understand what the fuck is happening in comedy now. Yeah, I, I have no, I, I just know that there's a lot of people taking up time on stage and and making money doing it that don't even have twenty minutes. I know that. I that. know. I know that. Uh,
2: I know that you're still doing audio. Do you get shit for that? <laughs> I, I want to go back to my podcast, just being audio. I don't want no, my face in it.
0: We never me and uh my producer Brendan who's a uh, you know a radio genius and a fide you know kind of brilliant guy was never what we set out to do yeah like he's a radio producer and we do you know we we edit we craft shows we put together audio content it was never the idea just to sit and it would drive him nuts to have you know just a couple of guys sitting around for an hour and a half with no ability to <laughs> cut that chunk out where they're just farting you know i, I <laughs> It's just not what we do. Yeah, I, well,
2: I, when I ask people, because I have no idea what the fuck's going on in the industry, far more than you don't know what's going on, because you at least live in it. Yeah, kind yeah, uh, uh, of. Yeah, what's left of it. Yeah, I don't. I can't even go to see comedy where I live. I would have to drive four hours
0: to in, see in big big. Uh, where is it? Bigsby? Bisbee. Bisbee. Yeah. Bisbee. Yeah. How's it going out there? You're the mayor.
2: No, no, I. <laughs> I, 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 I <laughs> I'll get, yeah, it's a long story. And had a small house fire that has been taking a year for my, to, next week, supposedly, I'm getting my house back. Like, Where are you been be living? Done. Uh, but my wife has a house down the street. Oh, okay. So I, I some time with her, and the insurance paid for a hotel up in Tucson for almost a year. Oh, that's nice. Uh, so that was a yeah, nice getaway yeah. by, by the airport so yeah. I could <laughs> ditch Leave. in and out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, not knowing what you're doing or what what how the business is working, every time I like ask advice, like, like how do you monetize? Uh, right. And like Annie Letterman would say, oh, we can't say swear words on our on our YouTube channel. Like yeah. we have to bleep all this out. And you know, I'm like, what? YouTube? You can't swear? Not if you want to be monetized. I like I don't want to. Every time I ask advice,
0: I, I don't want to do it. Okay. And I'm also, glad I asked also to, to keep up with that shit. They, these guys, they're working all all the time. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, the content pushers, you got to stay in it. Yeah. And all, it's like, it's fucking nuts. You know, we just do this thing. We do our thing twice a week. I do the stand-up, you know, and when acting sometimes. But, I, you know, I'm out on the road a lot. I'm doing more stand-up than I ever have in my life. And I think I'm better at it than I have been. So it's kind of fun. Like, I have no dread. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, unique. Yeah, I I, 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 I have to... Focus on that.
2: All right, do less. Yeah. <laughs> just just, just hone, hone what you're doing more. Yeah. And, and don't try to learn new things. Because I, I, I don't want to work more in my life. That's right. It's the whole point of getting into this business was sloth.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. What do you do for sl- a living? I walk around with a, a pen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and that's I it. sleep in.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can't sleep in anymore. You can still no. sleep in? No.
2: It's I, fucking even, ridiculous. even
0: with sleep aid. Can't do it? No, I uh, can get to sleep, but I can't. I wake up. I yeah, just wake
2: I, up. I, yeah, I wake up early, and uh... and then there you are. <laughs> I, I do. I, I do like when I'm home. Yeah. waking up early and I'm getting shit done before it gets too hot. Or...
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm never bored. Right. I, I'm just never fucking bored. Yeah. I can't. I can't imagine with uh, what what people with regular lives are like. The quarantine. I developed the
2: the. Most, uh uh, 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 harmful addiction I've ever had, which is, is comfort. Yeah. I, I was never bored. I was always had a homeowner's project.
0: Yeah. Always. When you have a house, it's never, it never yeah. ends. But, oh. but there was, did you have that moment where you're like, uh, when the, when, when COVID hit, I had this moment where I'm like, you know, I don't miss comedy at all. No. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm all better. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thought. I must be fixed. <laughs>
2: I don't need to do it. And then Uh, I I don't think this is agoraphobia as much as it's agoraphilia. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is (laughs) a fetish. Yeah. It's never
0: leaving my house. It's nice. (laughs) And because you got some land, right? You can walk around. Yeah. yeah, A yard anyway. I got four lots. Oh, that's a lot. But then, but as soon as, as soon as comics started doing it, I'm like, fuck, I guess we're back at it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah,
2: that's why I'm taking a year off. Like, I, I was really losing my mind, like, having to live out of a hotel and then go on the road and stay in other hotels. And then, where's my shit? Did I leave that at the other house? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that in the hotel? or How are your fans these
0: days? They're uh, aging, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, are they still expecting? Do you, do you feel. Because I remember we talked about it before. That there was a period there where, you know, the amount they wanted you to drink... Was, oh uh, yeah those 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 have faded away I don't have the the rowdies anymore oh you don't where where you got I
2: occasionally i guess some one or places,
0: two, but you don't feel the pressure to be this uh you know this destructo all the time no i've I'm, I'm so old i've I, I go out the back i i headberg shows now like just disappear. directly out the back door <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back it was so funny working with Hedberg because you'd be like <laughs> are we gonna hang out and then like where is he He's not even at the hotel. I don't know where he is. I remember going to
2: we were St. Cloud, Minnesota, and we did a show, and then we went to a, a Denny's kind of all night restaurant. Yeah. And uh, I called this girl I knew a, a, a girl. Yeah. And I, I called her on the payphone, and then I went in to find Hedberg, and it, I assumed he's in the bathroom. I, I, I to... wait for like half an hour. He must. He went out the back fucking door. Yeah, just gone. I, next day, I go, what, what happened to you? We were going to eat, and he he said. Yeah, I saw you calling a girl and I don't want to be a third wheel. Yeah.
0: Ah. <laughs> he did one, it was I remember this Hedberg moment where I was working. Do you remember Indianapolis when Chick and Patty had those places? They had the comedy no. uh they had the one in Broad Ripple and then they had the one in downtown, and then they owned a bar. And, you know, after the the show downtown, we all went to the bar and the phone rings on the wall. And uh the the bartender answers it and goes, It's for you. And I go, hello. He goes, hey, it's Mitch. I'm like, what? And he's like, I know how Indianapolis works.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was pretty funny. But I think that was his his region, you know, that was where he came up, That all those states. Yeah. But so how did you, so they just asked you to do this
2: part? Yeah, get an email. And I said, absolutely no way. Yeah, like Hannigan called me. You, do, you know, got a, a, an offer. To, to do a movie, yeah, to, five weeks in Chicago in, in February. Who like, <laughs> would want to you know, do that? that way
0: <laughs> they, there was real snow. Yeah, but yeah. I,
2: then I read it and I go, okay, I've already
0: done this part. So yeah, I, I don't... but I think there was a, probably a little more acting involved in, than the Louis part, wasn't there? Yeah, probably because there was the uh, kid. Yeah, you had to, you know, had to be a dad.
2: Yeah, I, it's just it's so fucking easy to. Just all I have to do is memorize this yeah.
0: page, right? Exactly, yeah. And 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 make some choices.
2: Yeah, I don't have to memorize the whole script because no. you're going to be sitting there for like eight hours yeah. waiting for them to get the all the shit together. You're, you're going to have nothing to do but memorize
0: your Think next that thing Page, out. yeah, yeah. But there were a couple of real kind of uh, emotional moments that I thought were you handled pretty well because it's hard for us to access. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, the the proper emotion to be present. It was it was difficult because I had to I had to do it sober,
2: unlike you know uh, my my uh, my set. That was, I, the, but that they asked you to do that. No, I just know you can't do twelve hours of yeah being the same. Right, you, <laughs> you a, can't be the exact yeah. same kind of drunk for twelve hours. No, no, they, you're going to peak and valley, and those those <laughs> shots aren't going to line up. <laughs> you're going to be tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. If you if you're doing uh, this scene, okay, we're gonna do do your lines, and then we're gonna break down the cameras, and then we're gonna shoot them all from the other angle after lunch. Right. Yeah. Well, if you're drinking for those yeah. four hours, can't maintain it. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Unless you you're unless you're doing the same scene, but half
0: of the, half of the time you get you know. <laughs> Bell's palsy on your face, yeah. Or you got to ask for blow. You got <laughs> someone's got to bring the blow. When you re- hear, hear these stories about these big actors that were just jammed out of their fucking brains doing these, it must have required so much blow. Because if you're yeah. waiting for four hours, you're gonna you're gonna blow through your blow pretty quick. <laughs> they must have fucking suitcases full of it, like yeah, Mel would, Gibson and whoever. Yeah, I, I don't think I.
2: Because I get, I mean, I'm stuttery right now. But cocaine, but 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 and then I can't keep a train of thought. Yeah. Like even on stage where I would need cocaine, those those th- three shows Saturdays. Oh yeah. Davy, Florida. Ooh. And blow is everywhere, and yeah. I've been drinking through two shows. Yeah. And, all right, now I need cocaine for that third show. And it seems like I'm blazing. I'm fucking Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And every thought every synapse. Yeah. And then you listen back to the tape and you go, I didn't finish one sentence. Yeah.
0: And people were just worried about you (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) There was concern in the room. I remember like doing the blow and then actually, you know, being up all night and then having to fill that fucking day before the next set of shows and literally not sleeping. It was fucking crazy. It was like doing comedy on another planet.
2: I never, yeah, I never really had the constitution. I was always the, the guy that would pass out first. And, oh yeah, yeah. And I was never a, I, I, I would do medicinal blow, but yeah. I was never a, a guy, guy that was looking for it afterwards. I was surprised there was no blow in the movie. I, I think it's probably. Yeah, better I was off. too. I thought of that afterwards.
0: I'm like, yeah, there's no, no drug use in there. That scene with the dad was pretty good. You, yeah, I think that was the most impactful moment in the movie in terms of of the acting. Because you didn't say anything. When you were alone in the hotel room with the, the, the father who was, you know, uh, on the machine and incapacitated entirely and you were just looking at him, I thought that was very effective. Well, you, I guess they call those choices. Well, so, what, were you, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Or was there uh, a mixture was, of anger? and
2: I was, uh, I was thinking about my, uh, when Bingo was in a coma. Oh uh, yeah, and, and having to watch her on tubes and not knowing yeah. if she's going to make it or not, right? So, and and yeah. also with
0: a layer of anger because it was the dad you didn't like. You yeah, must have added I, I, that yeah. in.
2: Well, I, I, I fake anger every night on stage, so it like <laughs> wasn't hard to do it. did to get
0: your eyes so puffy and fucked up half the time in that movie. Is that just normal?
2: Uh, you know, I, I I didn't not drink for the production. Right. I just didn't drink while I was working during so the day. Yeah. yeah, that was a Outback Steakhouse. I, I ate at the fucking Outback Steakhouse every day because the hotel I was in was by the airport. Yeah. And that's all it had. It had an Outback Steakhouse in it, and there was nothing walking distance, and it was fucking freezing in Chicago. Right. And so you'd get home with, you know, all right, I got, you know, seven hours before I have to go back. So I'm going to eat yeah. again at the Outback Steakhouse and drink one of their stupid, you know, giant fruity drinks or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably so, a lot of sugar so in there. It's
0: just naturally puffy. Yeah. And that kid's he's a comic? Yeah, it's uh, uh, a T.P. Mulroney. You know that name? Mm -mm. It's his kid. It's a real comics kid.
2: A real comics kid. The girl plays my long-lost ex-girlfriend that I hadn't seen in 20 years. Was played by my ex-girlfriend I hadn't seen in 20 years. She's here, yeah. Yeah, she's here. She gave me a ride today. Um, And... Fitzsimmons plays my old comedy buddy that I hadn't seen in 17 years. And we did the math. I'm like, it's been 17 years.
0: No shit. Oh, fucking so many coincidences on that. I thought Greg was good because he's like, he's that guy kind of. I mean, he's not a, a hack, but I mean, you know, his disposition lent itself well to that part. And yeah. that scene in the condo, I did not even know if those exist anymore, but that whole thing was very good. I, yeah, I think there's a couple. I was asking around when I was up
2: in Chicago, like, is, is anyone still use comedy condos? Well, or... I guess,
0: you know, actually, Laura, Lara, the woman who opens for me in Vegas, they had a comedy oh, condo. Oh,
2: Nashville.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Zany's
2: in Nashville. Still has a condo?
0: Yeah, it's a good one. You it's... know what the worst one was, what that, that really never left my brain, was the Sa- You remember the San Antonio River Center Club? Yeah. that, that it, was, it was a huge room in that horrible big mall and it was impossible to fill and they had when they first opened that this amazing condo but when i went back years later it was this garbage house and it was just one of those things where you know leather sofas it's like why do you have a leather sofa in kind of this kind of place and it didn't look it was nasty dude.
2: we uh we uh, uh went out and shopped for the the zanies one uh couple times back and like filled it up put like a brand new i think we even put like appliances in just did everything brand new in yeah. the kitchen because they had like you know three forks and no knives and yeah filled it and went back there none of it was there none of the shit we bought for the condo was Gone? still in the condo yeah oh my god i don't know if it, the person who you bought it for it, the movie. No, or no, just, for just because we were playing at Zaney's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just thought. <laughs> and hey, just someone it took, took
0: all the shit. <laughs> you make up just, some karma for all the days we yeah, trashed. doing, the, doing a nice thing. Yeah. Uh So where are you, like, how are you feeling about stand-up in general now? Do you do you have opinions about the world of stand-up, or are you removed? I, yeah, I'm forcibly removed.
2: Yeah, I don't. Like, I, I hate that there's, like, sides now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just... and I don't want no part of it. I don't have... I, 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 I look back and I think, like, how would have I handled COVID if it happened in the nine eleven Doug right. Stanhope era? Right. Like, I was very libertarian, and very... Like, I would have probably been anti-vax. Yeah. And, but at this time, I didn't care because it played into my self-interest, which is I want a reason not to go out on the road. Yeah. I want someone to tell... Because... If I do it myself, then I'm being lazy. I'm letting myself down. But if right. you tell me that I have to stay home, right. now I have a reason. So I'm believing you because it fits my own self-interest sure. to believe that. And when I get vaccinated, it's because I wanted to fucking get from point A to point B. And if yeah. that's what it takes to get on a plane,
0: I don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. But I wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm never get a flu shot ever because why? Yeah. I've gotten them here and there. I'm yeah. not consistent with it. <laughs> yeah, know. And the COVID thing was, I, I think for me, it was sort of like, I, you know, I guess I won't die of it. Yeah. But people are. So if I can get any stopgap to that, it'd yeah, be okay. I had a, f-
2: a, f- a friend, I, I have a friend that's a ER doctor in Tucson it yeah. took care of Bingo, like saved her life. Yeah. was solely responsible for her being alive today. Yeah. And so, uh, and I've known him otherwise. He's done surgeries on me. He's like... Sure. Uh... So I, I he was my source reference. He goes, yeah. I'm like, how's it going? He's like, yeah, fucking. They say this is bullshit. Come, you come sign the fucking death certificates. I'm no signing shit. all goddamn day. Yeah. I'm like, all right, all I right. know he's a nonpartisan dude. Sure. So, so you're like, all right, okay, people are dying. Yeah. And I do have that. Uh, I've been chain smoking for 42 years. So if I do get a, a lung infection, it's, it's going to be bad. I, yeah, I'll probably yeah. Yeah. Well, but, that's good. But then again, it didn't turn out that way because I did get it. And I was, but you know, I was.
0: Post it's later. Post vax, I guess, and also maybe a, a later version of the COVID.
2: Yeah, who knows? Yeah, like I don't. How do you know if you have a cold
0: anymore? Well, well, well What the the real question is is like, what are the protocols? Like, okay, I have COVID, but I feel okay. Can I? What, what, how long do I stay home? What you know? Is it? But the same thing should happen with a cold. Totally. People would always say, "Yeah,
2: I get a cold. I don't want to come out because I don't want people to get it." Yeah, and I and I would go. Uh, I get a cold, so uh, yeah. Uh, just know if you have to go away from me, then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sick. Do yeah. it with it what you will. Yeah, but I'm going outside. Yeah, you probably don't take a drag off my cigarette, right. because I I'm coughing a
0: lot. What? The, so yeah, but this side thing—it's weird because it really does feel to me that there's it, there's pretty much only one side, and 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 there's this there's this tribal. Sensibility around you, you know what can be said and what can 't be said, which is sort of founded in bullshit. And then there's like just comics. Oh just can, shit!
2: That's what we have to talk what? about. Have I you? I know you've had him on Cliff Nesteroff? Yeah. Have you read his new one? I know I have it. Outrageous. You it's love it? Fucking yeah! I'm, a, I, I'm I'm carrying it with me. I'm at chapter seven. It is so good. It's just everyone who says it's the end of freedom of speech. Yeah. You could. I want to watch your face when you read this book. We, and it brings you through every time. Like this is that you've never had more freedom of speech than today. Ever. And he spells it out in such amazing detail, going back all the way to the minstrel shows in the 1830s, to vaudeville, and you can't, uh, you're going to get arrested for doing the jitterbug. Yeah. And fucking, yeah. And it's so brilliant. And it's just uh, such a shut the fuck up to everybody
0: who's pretending like your freedom of speech is. to, To me, that whole position is fucking, it's becoming the new hack. (laughs) That was brilliant. Where you are the same three topics, because I I do. There was a time though when, when if there was a hack joke that became hack, and I don't know if you felt this, there was this sort of impulse to do the the joke that ends the conversation. I will do a bit about airlines (laughs) that will be the final bit. Yeah, yeah. I believe
2: a lot of it is, is pushing people to become like weaker minds. If, if you keep telling them they're, they're racist for saying something that's not really racist. Yeah. Oh, racist, okay. Sure. will embrace it. I remember a, a, a comedian and I, I tried to do a bit about it. Uh, that, uh I even remember her name, but I can't pronounce it. But on Twitter, she just randomly I saw, she said, I'll never meet a racist halfway. And you go, Well, you know who will? Fucking other racists. If that's guys on the border and just he keeps being accused. Yeah. Yeah. Racists will. I'll I'll meet the motherfucker halfway cat. because sure. I can change his mind. People are stupid if they're racist. they're, they're there's something wrong with their. Uh, that means they're malleable and I can turn them into a Doug Stanhope fan. Yeah, but that's and make them less racist. You can. Yeah, sure. You have that magic. Yes, I do. Well, you, you because gotta... I fucking I, I try to appeal to dumb people. <laughs> And if, I think we're all vying for the minds of the stupid event. And but, yeah,
0: but I think that like, well, that's also the problem is, is that you make them feel smarter in, in a relatively proactive way that the dumb people that feel smart because they're reading QAnon, you know, that then, you know, they're lost to us. Yeah, but if you get them
2: into it's the same theory as when you get hate mail. Yeah, and and you you write back, hey, I I didn't mean to offend you, and I'm gonna really think about what you said, and they'll write back, I'm sorry, I was just in a bad mood when I sent that.
0: Like if you just (laughs) if you're nice to them, so yeah, I think if you're fuck. Well, that's the that's the the problem with anonymity is everybody thinks they're just talking into a void, and as soon as you go like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, (laughs) it's like that quick. Yeah, I'm saying, I am yeah. say you, you can do you, know, you can change, change people minds. by not fighting them. I guess so. I, maybe that's true. You know, maybe I maybe I've got to settle down somehow, but I I've got Quiff's book cuz I got I'm going to moderate book events where I'm going to go to New York with him and and do a thing at the New York Public Library for his book. I love that oh, guy. He's he's great. Great historian. Just yeah, the I've best. been plugging
2: it. I've been plugging his shit more than my own.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> not even out yet, I don't think, is it? No, it comes out. You can pre-order it now. It comes out in November. Uh, what's it called again? Outrageous. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's and, great. Uh, I talked to him about when he was writing the book, we had a conversation about this, about this idea of of uh, not being able to say things. Yeah, I, I can't... Uh, it, it drives me nuts, and I have a lot of things to say about it, but it's gotten me... Look, I was always critical of of comics, and I I can be a dick, you you know, but now it's become this other thing where there's, you know, these teams, and it feels menacing sometimes.
2: Yeah, I I really enjoyed comedy as uh, a—the same way people enjoy AA, even though they don't—all right, you've been sober for— 50 fucking years. Yeah. Do you really need to go to a meeting? But no, it's a community. Yeah. And that's totally. how comedy felt. And it, it feels like it's, and it's usually by design yeah. that they're, they're bifurcate people because that sells tickets right. where there's conflict. Right. Uh, we, we need that. So once they found out, someone hates your fucking joke. Any joke you tell, someone is upset about sure. it. It's just, okay, Who who who's going to get the bullhorn? Like, yeah. Which, which... We've found one outraged person and we can spin that into people are outraged. Right. Oh, like three people. Yeah, right. But you're going to get clicks if there's outrage. Yeah. And I've I've made this argument, and you're my age, basically, that pretty much everything that the the doom and gloom, these are the fucking end of days. uh, We've seen versions of it before. Like, there's nothing knew well like, you know uh you aids know, aids was fucking terrifying yeah, sure. people wouldn't shit on a fucking public toilet yeah you would hover shit
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember that that shimmel bit it's like where he he goes he doesn't like going to public bathrooms i remember and he goes and he has to shit in the airport bathroom he's about to get on a plane but he kind of hovers over it and he and he drops the shit out and one drop of water went up his asshole <laughs> So he said he's on the plane for three hours, wondering what's living inside of him now. <laughs> it's something like that. That guy was funny.
2: Yeah, he was in uh, Phoenix. He lived in Phoenix yeah, when in I Phoenix. moved there. I yeah. moved there when I was like, after six months of open mic. I started in Vegas, and then yeah. I fell in love with a girl and moved to to Phoenix. Phoenix. And I remember yeah. seeing him in a supermarket. He was yeah. in front of me in line, and I'm like, "Oh my god,
0: <laughs> Robert Chimel! Should, can I
2: say hi? Should I say hi? Excuse me." Uh, Robert Schimmel, I'm Doug Stanhope. I'm a comedian. I just moved to town. He's yeah. like, Oh, great. Nice <laughs> to meet you.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. I'm like, I said, I. <laughs> you Robert did it. Schimmel. You did it. Yes. But 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 yeah, it is a community, and it, and it does feel strained to me. And it's it's kind of we're all rel- you know, a little bit competitive, but I don't like this team spirit shit. I don't like kissing rings. I never did. I don't like that there's, you know, that there's individual, uh, they've created their own show business and everybody sort of has. But I just, I think Los Angeles, it's far more prevalent because of the, the whole writer
2: writer's angle. Like yeah. writing rooms, like you know, fucking straight white man can't get a fucking job in a writing room anymore, which is kind of true. It kind of fucked up. Uh, Kind
0: of, but it, but it's not really because, you know, the, the, the whole problem with that is like it's usually old white guys. And the truth of the matter is, and I was guilty of it on my show, uh, is that, you know, if you bring in other points of view, you're only going to broaden the comedy possible. Yeah. You know, you get these guys that have been doing it for 40 years, writing just one liners and they know the racket. But if you actually bring a different point of view, a younger point of view, a woman point of view, a, an ethnic point of view, it's like all you can do is get better shit. But uh, there's also the f- like firing,
2: I know uh, like uh I can't say names, but uh he was writing on some show yeah. some joke that like not just uh, didn't go over well, like he was like, uh, am I in like me too waters?" yeah I, that yeah, was just did. a funny idea, I thought, and yeah, I, he didn't know if he was being paranoid, or- what happened. I I don't know it, it, yeah. obviously he yeah.
0: Well yeah but that's well that's the other thing is like I guess that's where it the the sort of rubber meets the road around what you can and can't say is if you're in an in, an in, in employed environment yeah that's uh that's loaded up with 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 fear and hostility that you know that's it, why I'm
2: saying that's why LA you, you you feel that tension more than you do any but, did you, but I just else. watched Larry
0: Charles's new movie Dicks a musical holy fuck dude that guy just let it rip but he balanced no it it's crazy it just came out it's crazy it's, it's the most crass filthy fucking thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life but he balanced it in a world of a real musical and it's sort of a gay point of view that he's dealing with so all the filth you can't you can't You know, stick him with it. You know, you're insensitive, you're this, you're homophobic, you're that. Because he balances it all out. But dude, it is fucking dirty. And it's great. So when that happens, you're like, all right, it's still possible you know what i mean you can do it you can do it smart corporations are spineless fucking entities they're giant leviathans you know built with you know a bunch of frightened people so you know when you know somebody gets nervous in a corporation then a monolithic force in the culture shuts people down you know out of out of panic but i think that you know, most of the time, individuals, you can still have a conversation, but the the fear I have with the divisiveness is that there won't be any conversation and and it doesn't seem like you're guilty of that, but I think sometimes I am. Like I don't want to talk to them
2: oh i i if, if I'm being smart, I know anytime there's a new landscape, there's opportunity. Uh-huh. So if this is like like while it's still fresh. Yeah, you you've, you can make money off of it if you're yeah. smart, and that's what a lot of comics are doing. I think so. they're tooting that fucking woke or anti woke freedom of speech because I'm not hey, seeing a lot of woke
0: tooting, but I'm seeing a lot of anti woke tooting. The, the the point is, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a there's an opportunity there. Just I get it, but 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 the thing is, is it has it has bigger implications now. Because the culture is on the brink of this weird fascistic shit show. And, you know, and if, you know, anti-woke, what does anti-woke even mean? It's just sort of like, what lives in the woke house? I'll tell you what, Jews, gay people, immigrants, black people, Democrats, liberal, they're all fucking Satan in the big house. So if you're sitting there going, these fucking woke motherfuckers, there's a whole political movement that's, you know, just, you know, maybe a year away from putting people in ovens. Maybe I'm being overdramatic, dramatic. <laughs> but if but that's you're where it's going one. back to, we've seen everything before. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. I, I, something I, I might not want to see that again.
2: <laughs> it's, I, it's not new, like. There's never been an, a a time a an era where people are saying, "Hey, these are the greatest days."
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, all it's always a...
2: fucking doom and gloom. But, but
0: there's never been entire states on fire at once, and you know, and and 140 degree temperatures before. Yeah, and that's a little bit. It's, that's a little <laughs> bit new. I did this joke. I think you'd like it, where I talk about these. Republicans or the GOP—they were never pro democracy. They, they, all these people that are like, well, you know, it's not a democracy; it's a, it's a federalist uh, uh, republic. Uh, republic. Or, and then I, I say, uh, oh, so are the camps going to be a state issue? Because <laughs> <laughs> then we'll know when <laughs> to leave. Just give us a heads up. Yeah. But you I, know, I, I just, you know. I've, I've
2: always kind of uh, been homeless as a as a comedian. I really, even starting out, there's there was no scene in Vegas. There, you know.
0: But you're a singular guy. You're like a like a, some sort of, a, you know, roaming troubadour. You, know, you have built your own sort of, n- not just world, but you are a singular entity. Like people in comedy, when you say Stanhope, you're like, oh yeah, Stanhope. And then a whole other thing. It, they, it's not even, it doesn't even fall in the spectrum of mainstream comedy. It's like, oh, that's Stanhope's world. Stan yeah, Hope. I don't think I get pigeonholed. No. I mean, uh, I've,
2: there's a whole lot of stuff that, Yeah, I I, I talked about that. I don't know if I got canceled because you know, Netflix just stops playing your shit sometimes. If you're not famous A, a week
0: after yeah. Like I had two not, specials on Netflix, I couldn't find them. They they, they premiered and three days later, I'm like, "Is it off?" How do you, yeah, yeah. Fuck and they, yeah they, there's no notice from them as to
2: why it might not be there. It's just no. It's not, an algorithm. And there's thing. a couple that I go. That, I'm glad that one's not on there anymore. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, a lot of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's because media. The media. There's no. There's no real mainstream media anymore. Everyone's just building their own right entertainment empires. And and you know and, and most people only. The, you lock into one, you don't know what's going on in the other. It's not, it just isn't, the center doesn't hold anymore. And that's yeah. just, we just got to accept that, I guess.
2: And I think there's something great about that. that sure. You, you know, that. Uh, whoever, well, you were ahead of
0: the curve on that.
2: Whoever had that theory that if you have a thousand fans, yeah. that's all you need.
0: 10,000, know? I think. Okay. Wasn't yeah. it? Well, Was yeah. That, that are serious,
2: yeah. that will buy any book that you You can carry a life, of, Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can make a living off exactly. of it. Exactly. And I, I think that it's great that there's that many channels.
0: Yeah. You know. to, to throw your hat into the ring with a million other people right. and then wonder why you can't fucking make it work. I'm, go- I'm going back to my roots. Like, after this year has
2: really put a lot of things yeah. in perspective and uh, home being important. And I, I really just want to focus on getting uh, the crazies. Like, I've always you know, had suicide cases and psychopaths and mental illness cases that are, are fans of mine. And I like that. Yeah. Like Tragic figures. And so uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure you have like stalkers and yeah. people who send you crazy sure. emails. Good with, and bad. As though you're yeah. already in a conversation. Sure. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. You get those? Yeah.
2: No, I'm saying I'm taking yours. Oh, Listen, yeah. there's someone listening to this podcast right now <laughs> that thinks that Marin is talking to you specifically. And uh, no, no, He's not. I am. Doug is. My podcast. Hear him out. Yeah. yeah. Come to my podcast. Send What's it me called? all your fucking crazy letters. Just don't show up at the house. <laughs> yeah. I um, had one of those. I had a couple. Yeah. yeah. One restraining order and one 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 literally the cops. Uh, the cops in my town are so great. Yeah. Because you know they're you know them by name. Yeah, sure. And uh they literally Picked one of the guys up. He hadn't been on my property. There's no reason to uh, arrest him. He can't do it. He was squatting in front of my door, yelling into the security cameras, and they literally drove him to the city limits. (laughs) They did, like like the wild west. Hitchhiked from Ohio. That's. We knew he's coming for days because he's putting it on his Facebook. Yeah, I have pictures of him with a meth pipe and a yeah. oh. Pabst blue ribbon and fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So you
0: want all of them? You want those people?
2: Uh, you know what? Send them my way. If you if you can afford Patreon, yeah. If you can afford crack, you can afford to get on my Patreon page. Do you find that you help them? Do you I, get- I have a lot of yeah su- suicide uh, that's uh, that have yeah gone well. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I I I had a, a Russian soldier just email me, and it's funny because I like I have a, a Ukrainian fan that would give me Ukraine war updates, and I'm like, this guy, you probably not write me back, or you go to prison for I write. Yeah, and I'm like I wanna I wanna make a peace accord. Yeah. between my Ukrainian fan yeah. and my Russian soldier fan, if yeah. I can get them. On, like, right, on right, email on the, to make friends, like get them on the start. on the podcast. Yes, that would be a, a,
0: a beautiful thing. Well, I, I like that uh, that you're, uh, you're you you want to make the world a better place, Doug.
2: Yeah, just but look, <laughs> the two people I know, I <laughs>
0: was some fucking fruity. You plugin. gotta start. You gotta start small. Yeah, know? yeah. I appreciate that, man. It's good talking to you. <laughs> you too. <laughs> All right, there you go. Road Dog, the movie is now on all on demand platforms, and you can always, we'll see. I, you know, Doug seems to be taking a break, but, uh, you should go, you should go experience the Stanhope when he comes, uh, comes to your neighborhood. All right, hang out for a minute. For full Marin subscribers there's another half hour of me and Louie talking about comedy in this week's bonus episode. I try and think about what is my joke really saying? So if it's satire, if I'm
1: saying something "quote unquote bad," yeah. What is the reverse of that? Like what is the message of this joke yeah. and am I okay with that? And I try and run every joke I tell yeah, through that, through yeah. that filter. Yeah. And if I'm okay with it then then it's then it's fine.
0: You're setting up this thing that could really go south. Yes. And instead of, you know, matter-of-facting It, you you know, you you kind of do an amazing turn of phrase where, you know, you're saying essentially the wrong minded thing, but the joke is elevated. So people are impressed Mm. with the, you know, like, oh, shit, you (laughs) you let us off the hook, right? Yes, yes.
1: you build that tension and then you release it. And that's what it is. Yeah, I, I love that. And like, I have a new joke that's not on the special where like. I lose them, I get them back, I lose them again, I get them back again. And it kind of, it's taken me so long to have that confidence. I to used to
0: do, I used to say what that was. What? I, say, I used to say on stage, like, this is my system. I push you away just to pull you back in. I push you <laughs> away just to pull you back in. It's a little dynamic I call dad. <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I, I do, it just took me a while to to accept those silences. You know, I'm so, I trim so much me fat too. from my me act. me too, dude. And to just be able to say, like, you're going to lose them here. The next line's going to get them back. It's going to be okay. And that's like something I've learned in the last couple years, you know.
0: To sign up for the full Marin, go to the link in the episode description or go to WTFPod.com and click on WTF+. Folks, next week, we have Joan Baez on Monday and Jeanette McCurdy on Thursday. Those were heavy. Anyway, here's some guitar. the father.